There are some surprising teams making runs at playoff spots. The Orioles, Marlins, maybe even the Tigers? Are you kidding me? We'll break it down next. Let's go. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Stitches Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Manderfeld. Nick Budig is back with us this week. And Robert Sangler joins us once again. Nick, welcome back to the show, buddy. We missed you, and we're glad to have you back. Wow, that is the the warmest welcome back I think I've ever had from missing a podcast. I've got your back, I feel back, like you guys dude. really missed me. I feel like it wasn't, you guys didn't jive well last week. I think we did, but Robert was just getting kind of mad at me. So He gets mad every week, let's be real. I know. He's always upset about something. Last week is the Dimebacks, this week it's... I don't know. What are you upset at? Well, I guess we'll find out what he's upset about. What's <laughs> up, Robert? Hey, how's it going, fellas? Actually, I'm pretty uh, pretty excited because I think I snapped something in Tori's head, and the Diamondbacks are now 500, probably thanks to my uh, pep talk last week. He listened to our podcast. We can't prove it, but we're pretty, like, 90% sure that he yes. can. Yes, yes, yeah, right? exactly. Exactly. Hey, you know, he, did, he I, changed the lineup. We talked about the lineup fixture. He changed it. He uh, used his pitching right, and he didn't blow it with the bullpen. So kudos to him. All right, so are we going Tory Lovello, NL Manager of the Year? Mm-hmm. I could see it. Mm-hmm. Wasn't he Manager of the Year his rookie year? I feel like every manager is Manager of the Year the rookie year. No, I don't think what? he was. His like, rookie year? He, weren't they really good in that first year? Maybe. Uh, oh, well. I don't think so. I don't know. How funny would it be if they came back and he was Manager of the Year? I would probably start laughing because I'd be like, he needs to listen to my podcast because I called this too. So I can't, yeah. man. We'll send it to him. When you go to Arizona, which Cause, you yeah, know, they, Robert's they, going. They, everyone says our manager, and it's like, hey, I, no no hindsight. I said it a week ago. Here you go. And by the way, Robert's going to be in Arizona in like two months. So That's right. He could tell like Tori Lavella himself. <laughs> could you imagine I'm just like sitting in the dugout with him? That would be the most awkward thing ever. Be like, so uh, slide over like uh, your headphone, like, hey. So uh, go to the part where you just like rip, rip into him about Starling Marte. <laughs> oh, jeez. Here we go. <laughs> like, but uh, uh, the White Sox are 500 too, so life is good in, in Paul Ball world. So yeah. That's Paul. great. Well, <laughs> I was looking back at our episodes. Do you guys realize we haven't missed a week of this podcast <laughs> since we relaunched it in January 2019? consistency wow we it's have old. never missed an episode good so for all the 25 to 30 viewer listeners we get thank you for sticking with us for <laughs> thanks. a year and a half thanks mom thanks mom and thanks, mom. <laughs> extended family <laughs> <laughs> i have a big family that's why there you and go thanks for putting in that work yeah. <laughs> we've put in the work Someone's stuck with us, or the no. statistics lie and they just count downloads and not listens oh uh, yeah uh, either way we too. appreciate it that's all right so that means like it could literally just be like three people listening to this, but we do it for you. All right. That's right. Now it's time to plug so we can grow our listener base. All right. If you want to listen to more episodes like this, make sure you are going over to our podcast feed. We're on all your favorite platforms, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music. Like I just mentioned, we are consistent week in, week out. We've got an episode for you. In the heat of the baseball season, we've got all the breakdowns. So make sure you're subscribing, rating, reviewing. We really appreciate it. If you want to send your questions and comments to be featured on a future show, we've got an email address too. That's thesitchespodcast at gmail.com. Thesitchespodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on social media as well. We're on Facebook and Twitter. All you got to do is search at Stitches Pod. You'll find us. 
Alright, I didn't do the name game last week with Robert, so I'm going to do it again with him this week because, uh, or I'm going to, I'm going to do it this week because, uh, you know, it was sorely missed, but I didn't think it'd be fun with just one person. So, the name game this week, and if you're new to the show, the name game is when I give out a baseball player, and the panel has to discuss if it's a real baseball player or not. So this week, it's Narciso Crook. Narciso Crook. Team? Outfielder for the Reds. And Robert, you're going to start this one off. Yeah, that's a player. Okay. Nicholas? You had two weeks to figure this one out. I did, indeed. In his baseball prospectus. I'm going to say no, he's not a player. Wow. All right. We've got a yes from Robert, a no from Nick. At the end of the show, we'll reveal if it's a baseball player or not. Okay. But not a baseball player. We've got some irrelevant teams to talk about, but they've become relevant somehow. Teams that you wouldn't even think at the beginning of the year would be in this position. Two of these three teams we're talking about are making a playoff push because we're already more than 25% way through the season, and they're in contention. One team's in first place in their division. We've got the Orioles, the Marlins. The Marlins are the first place team, and we'll talk about the Tigers last. These are teams that uh, don't get a lot of love, but they start need maybe need to start getting some love because of some of the players we're we'll going to be talking about. Uh, we'll start with the Orioles here. Uh, this is a team that's, I think, third in the AL East. Sounds about just right. F- just to, let's yeah. see, I pulled it up. Rays, sure. Rays, so three Yankees. games behind the Yankees. Yeah. Yankees have 15 wins, Rays 14, the Orioles have 12. Orioles wow. are have a winning record despite being the worst team in the majors last year. Crazy. Crazy turnaround. This is a 60-game season, so like I said, we're already pretty deep into the season, and they're still holding this up. And that's thanks to kind of a core group of players. We've got Anthony Santander, Hanser Alberto, Ronaldo Nunez. In the rotation, you've got Alex Cobb, who's been a stud. And those are just the name of few. Uh, but they're younger guys. They could be part of a core going forward. And uh, kind of exciting to watch, honestly. Robert, these are some players that you've been on even since last year. We talked about Santander. You actually drafted Nunez in our fantasy league uh, last year, so you knew about him. Uh, what do you think about some of these players kind of popping off? Santander's got like a 12-game hitting streak as of uh, Monday night. Yeah, Santander's an animal. I mean, this guy hits to all fields with power. He's raw. He doesn't strike out, which is a rare breed in today's game that I absolutely love. Uh, he's got seven home runs. He's hitting, you know, his average could be a little bit better, 271. He's not walking, but if you look at the eye test, this guy makes pitchers pitch to him. Like, pitchers are throwing a lot of pitches to get this guy out, even if he's not taking his walks. And that reminds me of a young Adam Jones as far as the statistics, every way you look at it. That's something, and he's a homegrown Oriole. The Orioles are really excited about this guy for a lot of reasons. I mean, he's an RBI machine. He has 22 knocked in. Like I said, power to all fields. And, I mean, this is a core player right here. I don't know if he's going to become elite, but I'll tell you what, when he hits the ball fairly well, he does the right things, there's there's a lot of progress in this guy. Then you go on to the other two guys you were saying. Hansler Alberto, I think, is one of the biggest sleepers in baseball this year. He leads the league, the American League, in hits and with doubles. And if you look at the complementary of his swing of hitting the left field line and the right field line, it's reminding me of a young Jose Ramirez. Now, I'm not saying he's going to get to the home Jose Ramirez status, that is for the Cleveland Indians. But this guy's got a good swing. He knows where to hit the ball, puts it where it needs to be. People put shifts on, and he beats the shift. There's a reason this guy leads the league in hits, and he's got 11 doubles. He's doing the right things, and he's got great contact. 
Obviously, I think his chase his chase rate is a little skeptical sometimes at, at times, but this guy is a phenomenal player, and I think really he slept on just because of the position he plays at second base. Whereas then you go to Renato Nunez, the 30 home run monster. This guy's getting 30 home runs. Like I compare him to Miguel Sano, but I think he's a little bit better of a hitter because I don't think he's he's going to be looking at those first pitch strikes. He's going to be more aggressive. Sano likes to take his time sometimes, whereas Nunez, he jumps on that first pitch fastball, even if it's away. If he doesn't get the contact, he'll follow it off. He'll do whatever he is, do whatever he has to. That is the Nunez role. Nunez is going to be a threat in the American League for a long time, and is probably going to be a top 15 power hitter in baseball, not just in the American League. Just to point out a couple things wow. here, Hanser Alberto and Anthony Santander were actually sneaky good last year. And yeah, no one yeah really, I really liked Alberto They were like year. on yes. nobody's radar. Alberto hit 305 with 12 home runs and over 500 plate appearances, 550 mm-hmm. to be exact. Yeah. Uh, he, he was pretty good. Now he's in 326 this year. Anthony Santander had 20 home runs last year and just over 400 plate appearances. And uh, now he's got seven this year. He's got a 12-game hitting streak. Over that 12-game hitting streak, he's 17 for 48 with five home runs, five doubles, a triple, and 15 RBIs. And uh, we were talking before, you know, our fantasy baseball season got canceled uh, because of COVID. You know, we have an AL-only league, and Santander was a guy I was going to go big on. Um, I was really a big fan of him, and I do agree with the Adam Jones comparison without the steals because Adam Jones. Oh had yeah, like I didn't even bring up mm-hmm. the speed, Other, but literally yeah. everything but steals. He's like an Adam Jones clone in that right. way. Like yep. even yeah. the on base percentage is pretty low because Jones never had nope. a good on base percentage. So right. Um, but Nick, what sticks out to you about the Orioles? Just this sneaky team that's uh, I don't know. They'll probably flame out, but they're fun to watch right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think honestly, it's it's their bullpen, which has been surprisingly good. Um, obviously, you have the have Michael Gibbons, who is who somehow has been with the Royal, Orioles for three years. Um, you'd think he'd be the perfect trade candidate, uh, but they also have two other guys, uh, Tanner Scott, who who's kind of come on this year, has kind of surprised a lot of people, and then Travis uh, Lake Lakins, I think that's how you pronounce his last name. He was a he's a he was picked up from the Red Sox last year uh, on his honeymoon in the Bahamas, but uh, both these that's guys, I mean, all three of these guys have been like have been pretty lights out for them uh, outside of Michael Gibbons, who's kind of the one with the kind of the, the worrisome peripheral numbers. Uh, these guys, they're, they're striking guys out. They're not allowing hits. They're obviously not allowing runs. Um, a guy I want to talk about was uh, Alex Cobb. He's been their best start, starting pitcher so far this year. Um, I don't know if I buy it though that much though. Mm-hmm. Let's get I, rocked yeah. today. <laughs> he just got rocked today. I was looking at stats. I'm like, wait, they just went up. 3.51 ERA after today, <laughs> yeah. 2.75 yep. before today. So, yeah, I didn't have a good start, and I'm looking at some of the stat cast numbers, and he's, like, bottom 25% in almost everything. So I don't believe it that much. And, uh, yeah, but he's been pretty good, too. Uh, like I said, I think the Royals are going to flame out, though. This is a team mm-hmm. that's – they don't have enough. These are all – I think every player we talked about today, they're, none of them are going to be elite, and none of them are going to be stars. But Robert said before the podcast, these are going to be good complementary pieces. And uh, so uh, I don't think you can win a division like the AL East with complimentary pieces. So no. don't think this is going to last. Um, but yeah, so Orioles are fun. Some of the pitchers, some of these players, yeah. you may not, you may not have even heard of. And so uh, maybe it opens your eyes a little bit to yeah. some of the uh, under the radar guys out there. Well, and also, I need they to make the, I need to make a point for all our fans out there. If anyone's ever played the Bigs two, Alex Cobb <laughs> definitely had a legendary changeup. No. No. Someone correct me on this. <laughs> 
It's, it's true, dude. Debates. He was like after no. his rookie. His, the Bigs two came out in like two thousand nine or something Almost like that, right after his rookie year. Not. He had like the changeup that like would dip and you couldn't hit it. So. No. Yep. Not All right. him. That's a Someone back. send that to our email. These are just podcasts <laughs> at gmail.com. We need some throwback. backup on this. Different person. It's a hot right, whatever throwback. you say. <laughs> uh, so another team that's kind of uh, doing uh, some some things here at the beginning of the season, the Miami Marlins, surprisingly. They had the COVID outbreak, mm-hmm. and now they're in first place in the Analyse. They haven't played as many games because of that, but they are, by winning percentage, the best team in the Analyse. Nine and six, and... Uh, they're, I mean, the NL East is kind of a mess right now. None yeah. of the teams really want to take control of it. Oh. Um, but, Robert, what stuck out to you about the Marlins as a team that uh, is has, like, half its team with COVID? Yeah, so there really isn't – there's only, like, three position players as far as hitters that actually stand out on this team. And they're not really putting up extraordinary numbers as the Orioles are. But that's Jesus Aguilar and Brian Anderson. These two names should not be anything um, new to a lot of people. Those are the two guys who were pretty good – uh, last year, um, they, I mean, Aguilar is more known for his Brewer career, of course, but Brian Anderson is a guy that a lot of people like for his analytics. He hits the ball hard. He gets really under baseballs. I mean, he scoops them, gets that launch angle going. Obviously, his numbers right now, 235 um, batting average isn't very good, but a 361 on-base percentage is, whereas you go with Aguilar, he's hitting the opposite. He's got a good 286 average, but his on-base percentage is 317. So these are the two guys... Like I said, not really great numbers, but they're the guys that are actually producing in that lineup. And I know, Luke, you got a guy that you really, really like in that lineup. So I'll just bring it over to you on that one. Yeah, well, I mean, he's hitting really far down the order. And I don't know if he'll stick, but I mean, he's a former Cardinal, and I've watched him since his Cardinal days. Magnuris Sierra, I think is how you say it. <laughs> yeah, I've, sounds about right. I don't, I, mm-hmm. No one ever calls him his first name. So um, <laughs> this dude no, is kind of mom. It's it's <laughs> kind of interesting because whenever he's off the he's on the bench. He uh he plays really well like when he's not like thrust into a, a full time starting role. But then the one year he was in a starting role with the the Marlins, he wasn't very good. And so like he's a, I think he's not anything more than like a fourth outfielder. Um, but this is a guy who's like super super speedy and he hits the ball and that's about it. Lots of hits, steals bases. He's good in the outfield. But he's been fun to watch this year too because he stepped up. You know he's only got set twenty three plate appearances, but he's got a four fifty five on base percentage. Already got two stolen bases, and uh, and so like these are like guys that you probably haven't heard of, but they're stepping up for the Marlins when they need to with this COVID stuff. Mm-hmm. And going back to the year where he actually played, he had 156 plate appearances for the Marlins, which doesn't seem like a lot, but that was a lot for him. Is like triple the career high he had with the Cardinals in 2017. He hit 190, and so. It's a weird thing with him. He's really good when he's off the bench, but when he gets a role and he plays a lot more, he doesn't play as well. I don't know. But he's fun to watch, too. I want to go to the starting pitcher side of things because they've had two very under-radar guys playing really well, Pablo Lopez and Eliezer Hernandez. Pablo Lopez is a guy that's been on my radar for uh, at least a year now. This dude's got some really good stuff, and he misses a lot of bats. And now he's kind of showing it up. He's showing this year. 19 strikeouts in 16 innings, 2.25 ERA and three starts. Uh, if you look at StatCast, he's ranking above, in the 50 percentile or above and pretty much everything. Uh, he does not let up a lot of hard hits. Uh, 85th percentile in hard hit percentage, 80 percentile in lift percentage. Again, a guy you've probably never heard of, and he's pitching really well for the Marlins. Going to Eliezer Hernandez. Now, I'll, I'll say this. I, didn't, I did not expect... 
this guy to be someone who would be contributing for them. But he's actually been one of their best pitchers. Like, let me pull up his stats here if I can find him. 1.84 ERA, 19 Ks and 14 and two thirds innings pitched. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very similar to Lopez. Yeah. Here and uh, on Statcast, if it would load, <laughs> I could tell you what his percentiles are. Okay, so nothing that crazy. Um, he's actually lapping a lot of hard hit balls, so mm-hmm. maybe his isn't sustainable. But like, what the heck? This is a guy who was barely in the rotation to start the year, has now been their best pitcher. And you look at some of their other guys, like Jordan Yamamoto, oh, has boy. been absolute garbage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some guys that you would expect to be better have been, been haven't been good. And uh, I don't know. It's just it's a weird year. You've got some weird players stepping up amid a COVID outbreak, and that's 2020 for you. <laughs> Nick, who are some of the guys that stand out for you? Um, I think just going into the season before the year all happened, the the Marlins are kind of an exciting team to watch for me because they did have a lot of a lot of prospects that were on the verge of making the call up, and they had made two guys call, made called two guys up, uh, and Monte Harrison and who came over from the Yelich trade, and then Luis Diaz who came over for the Romo trade with the Twins. Uh, both these guys are exciting hitters. Uh, Harrison is kind of your prototypical 2020 outfielder, but was an ama- he's an amazing outfielder. Um, and then Luan Diaz, he's kind of in that 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 early young Freeman prime belt kind of. That's kind of his ceiling, what they're looking at. But both these guys, they can make some big impacts. I know we we were watching. I was watching the Marlins game right before this and saw Birdie just get turned around like a circus in the outfield, and immediately wanted Harrison out there. So, but I think it's it's exciting for this team. Like we said, they're after a hot start, but they got guys like Harrison, Diaz, who are getting called up. Um, like you said, you got Hernandez pitching well. They got young guys, and they give them a chance to play, and so far they've been playing well. Harrison hit a home run. Uh, Luis Diaz hit a, had a base hit in his first at-bat. Uh, it's ex- it's exciting players that they're calling up, and uh, for, for people that love prospects, I think the Marlins are the team to watch. Yeah, Luis Diaz is a under-the-radar prospect, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's actually... I mean, he's he was nothing like super special in the minors. We had twenty seven home runs last year. Yeah, and I think the the, the scary the people were scared off from because he like lost a ton of weight. The Twins asked him to lose weight, and I think he went a little overboard. And I guess he lost a lot of pop from that originally. But uh, so it's interesting to see what they do. He has a he's they they think he kind of capped out on his power. And Monte might be uh, might have a lot in there. But uh, yeah, those are two interesting guys that I'm really looking forward to. Too bad that uh, Lewis, Brin- Lewis Brinson still hasn't done anything. That's a huge yeah, prospect. That, a... Who, like, they wish would have. That's that was like the centerpiece of the Elch deal, if I'm mis- not mistaken. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah. And he's been. He was, I think he was by statistically the worst hitter at like in the majors last year. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised because uh, he had 173 <laughs> in 248 plate appearances. Oh my gosh! And then Only 199 in, in 2018. His oh, career batting average in 729 plate appearances is 182. Poor guy. Yeah. That's really, really bad. Um, no so he's a guy that, I don't know, he's one of those guys that is probably um, someone you can forget about at this point, but they've got a lot of young players coming up. And we've mm-hmm. said this before, the marlins Yelich deal, everyone likes to rag on that, but I actually, like Robert and I, and I think you agree, Nick, this wasn't that bad of a deal. Like they got some mm-hmm. good pieces back if they can kind of put it together. Like, Yamamoto yeah. looked like a really valuable trade piece last year. He's having a bad start this year, but he's got good stuff. I think he could become a number three. Um, 
And then who's the other guy we mentioned that was in the Brewers trio? It was Diaz. Monte Harrison. Wasn't there another Diaz? Diaz Monte Harrison. Harrison. Was there he's on yeah. Diaz or something? What about that guy? Uh, is not Diaz with another trade. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, Monte Harrison's another big prospect that could be a 2020 guy. So like. Yeah, he's fast. It's he's not as fast as you think. It just hasn't really come to fruition yet. So but at let's the just same, wait for it to. But at the same time, when you make trades like that, that's based off of the pedigree of how high they are in that top yeah. prospect status. It's not always about how they're going to translate on the field. You mm-hmm. know what I mean when you make these trades? Because if, yeah. if it was like that, then there would be more trades that would make more balance. But this is not really a balanced trade. This is more so of the pedigree. And that's why the Brewers did what they did and the Marlins had to go for those players versus mm-hmm. not getting um, not having these higher rank or lower ranked players in the prospect status. They did the right thing. It's just not everything can pan out. Well, it's also at the works. time, Yelich wasn't mm-hmm. an MVP candidate. He no, he like, wasn't. He was a really he was good like a gold glove outfielder with a pretty good stick, but now he's right. elite. Exactly. And yeah. uh, they couldn't pay him, so that was part of the thing. They're, that was mm-hmm. when they were like offloading everyone, including Stanton and you know, all those guys. Now. Right, yeah. exactly. So like, we're starting to see these prospects come up, so it could be kind of the next generation of the Marlins. Um, like I said, with the Orioles, I don't think this is going to last. This team's way mm-hmm. too young for it to last, even when they get like yeah. Miguel Rojas back, who's actually technically like, well, he's not the batting champ leader right now because they played no more games, but he was when they had the COVID outbreak. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I don't think we're going to see anything sustainable here, but um, yeah. like I said, more young players to watch, right? So yeah. um, can't complain. On to our last team. There's a couple on to our last team. There's a couple of young pitchers. Uh, that we need to talk about that are getting the call. We've got Casey Mize and Tariq Skubal for the Tigers, both getting the call up this week. Casey Mize, uh, widely regarded as, if not the number one prospect in baseball, top three pitching prospect in baseball, I should say, pitching prospect. Um, mm. The dude is a stud. He threw a no-hitter in A last year in his debut. Could he throw a no-hitter in the major leagues in his debut? Who knows? Isn't he starting tomorrow <laughs> or Wednesday? I think it's Wednesday. Maybe tomorrow. Confirm. I don't know. Yeah, but he's going to be fun to watch. Tariq Skubal is a guy who's kind of been on the late late on the prospect scene. He hasn't really been – like, he wasn't a top prospect as of, like, beginning of last year. And then he just dominated, and he's on the top of the – he's on top prospects list everywhere. Uh, but these are two exciting guys. And the Tigers haven't really had the best year. Uh, they play in a division with the Indians, Twins, and White Sox, so they probably won't get a shot to, to make a run at it. But watching these two guys come up and dominate will be fun. Nick, what's kind of the report on these two guys? What do you think about Casey Mize making his first start, obviously being you know, one of the top pitching prospects out there? Um, it's it's interesting. I think Mize is the, – the concern, obviously, with him is the injuries he had. Uh, but, like, he has elite stuff. He has some of the best stuff we've seen out of pitchers, and he knows how to pitch, obviously, with a, with a no-hitter. Uh, you, you have to know how to pitch pretty much. But uh, it seems like he still doesn't – grasp how to really strike guys out with how, which with the elite stuff um, obviously he can limit his walks uh, and control pitches but he doesn't seem to know when and where to use the strikeout pitch where where Scooble is kind of the complete opposite he's really a, a huge strikeout guy coming out of the minors um, so I think it's it'll be interesting to see both these guys come up Scooble is also coming off a Tommy John injury yeah. or surgery so both these guys do have injury history but both these guys have absolute lights out stuff um, I mean, the Tigers have some amazing pitching, and and they still have another guy who might be up there with Mize and, and Matt Manning, um, who's another elite pitcher. So 
Scooble and Mize, I think that's it's a potential one-two punch for the Tigers in the future. Um, like I said, with elite stuff, but the only only concern really is their injury history. Uh, both these guys can control the zone. Uh, Mize just needs to learn how to get that that get that strikeout when he needs it. Whereas Scooble's kind of in that almost like that uh, a little bit of a Trevor Bauer mold where he's at. But like uh, I, Mize is just incredible. Yeah, Mize is a control pitcher, which I know you love, Robert. Uh, yes. Mize, I think it's going to be like Greg Maddox. I mean, a, a control pitcher uh, with a 97 mile per hour fastball. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's he's a beast. And Scooble last year when he came, he really came on the scene. He only pitched, uh, let's see here, 24 starts. So I guess it's a pretty good so, uh, so piece of work there. 2.42 ERA, a 13K point, uh, 13.1K per nine mm-hmm. between yeah. high A and double A. I mean, this yeah, like dude. 17 one before that. Yeah, yep. He had 13 in 2018. With only, I guess it was only one start. That was his rookie um, year. So last year is really the only year he has that's like a full year because he was drafted in 2018. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> so really good. 2.7 walks per nine, which is, you know, not that bad for a young guy. Um, but Casey Mize, over to him, Robert. This is your type of pitcher, man. Yeah, so I have a scouting report on him. Elite command. He's a pitcher, not a thrower, which is very, very important. We talk about that in today's game. Hides the ball very well when it comes out of the release point, so that 95 mm-hmm. fastball actually gets extra life. And the pitch that is well-known in his repertoire is the splitter. It's graded as a 70. It's an unbelievable splitter. It might even be better than most Japanese splitters. It's that good. That's actually a big praise. If you don't know about Japanese pitchers, their best pitch is normally a splitter. So Casey Mize is really well-known for that. As far as Tariq Skubal, this is a guy that belongs in the new age of the game. Gets the fastball down plane. Longer body with that 97, and if he gets it up in the zone, 0-2-1-2, it's almost unhittable. That's where he's getting his strikeouts. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about the big fastball up in the zone, the new age of baseball. He is getting a lot of swings and misses. And they say his secondary stuff plays really well, too. It might actually be some of the best in the minors. I think the potential for this kid, whether if he doesn't make it as a starter, he makes it as a very good reliever because of his repertoire. This guy has elite stuff. The command is always going to be the question. Is he going to walk guys like Robbie Ray once did and has been doing with the Diamondbacks? That's kind of my biggest concern with this guy. But I tell you what, 97, like I said, downward plane movement. This guy has a nasty, nasty fastball. It doesn't have to be 100. It could be 95 and 97. If he gets it up in the zone, right-handed hitters, lefties, nobody's hitting it. That's how tough this guy is. And like Nick said about the pitching, Matt Manning is on the way. Joey Wentz from the Atlanta Braves, a slept-on mm-hmm. guy who actually could be a really good bullpen arm. And Alex Fajardo, who actually had a really bad year last year, fell out of the top prospect status. He's still there. Don't sleep on him. Just because he had bad numbers, he could be someone that could fit in as a fifth slot in that rotation and still make this rotation super deep. The Tigers are stacked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going to be really good in a few years. And I remember last year when they had Mize up to double-A, they had him, Manning, and Fajardo in the – in the same rotation, and they call it the best double-A rotation at the time. <laughs> Obviously, like you said, Fajardo kind of fell out the prospect rankings, but he's still got really good stuff, and I am I think he's still got potential to be a pretty mm-hmm. good MLB starter. Mm-hmm. Now, remember about Mize last year. He had an injury. He had a, sh- a shoulder injury. I think it was pretty uh, soon after he threw that no-hitter in double-A. Mm-hmm. And so when he came back, he really didn't look that good. And, so they, and then they shut him down. So I don't know if... Uh, we don't know what the camp looks like, how he's been pitching in that you know, that alternate site camp or whatever. They don't release those stats. But he must have been doing pretty well if they're going to call him up. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. It's it's hard to say uh, how, how good he'll be because a lot of that stuff, he lost the command last year. Um, 
And so we, I hope we don't see that again, but I just can't imagine they wouldn't call him up if, if he was struggling at the, at the camp with that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. Really it's, the Tigers would be fun to watch. The Twins have some competition. I think it's going to be a, a Twins Tigers White Sox or Twins Tiger, yeah, Twins Tigers White Sox division for the next you know three to four years. I think the Indians are going to start to fall out here, um, and yeah, I I think the Tigers are a team to watch out two years from now. Maybe not next year, but two years from now, and the White Sox are a team to watch next year. Lots of competition coming your way. Going on. Exactly. Okay, well let's wrap things up with the name game here, and then we'll send you off. The name game I gave the crew here, Narciso Crook. Robert said was a baseball player. Nick said it wasn't a baseball player. He is a baseball player, Narciso oh. Crook. He's an actual baseball player. Drafted in the 23rd round in 2013. Outfielder with the Reds. So last year he was just in, uh, well, he was only, the highest level he's made is AAA actually last year. Wow. Yeah, that first name was a little too much for Luke. I thought There's I thought no it way. was too easy. There's no I thought, way. man, that. No, no, no. There's no way. You don't I, know. I thought he changed the last name or something. <laughs> I thought I was like, no way, Luke came up with that first or it's, name. Or I thought he was gonna be like, oh no, he's a figure skater or something like that. To yeah, really well, yeah, that's what I was you. thinking. Like, to that's a really good, really, that's a really, really good you. first name. Yeah, really. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, next week um, I will do a uh, like a runner or something, figure skater or runner, and just throw us off completely. Jeez, we're supposed to get a. I was going to say, we're supposed to get Scooble and Mize Tuesday and Wednesday this week. Wow, Fun. back to back. Scooble Tuesday? Yep. Ooh. Okay. All right, watch the Tigers Tuesday and Wednesday this week. Can't wait. You won't regret it. Hopefully By the way, not. Brad Miller has two home runs for the Cardinals in this game. He's really good. Are home run guy? He's really yeah, good. right? <laughs> With the Rays? All right. Well, like I said, make sure to tune in to the Tigers. Watch some baseball this week. We'll be back next week with more episodes. And uh, make sure you subscribe to our podcast if you haven't yet. We're on your favorite co- podcast platforms. Apple Podcast, Apple Podcast, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find us. And you can send your questions and comments to the Stitches Podcast at gmail.com. Confirm that Alex Cobb did indeed have a legendary changeup. Make sure you send that to the Stitches Podcast at gmail.com. We're also on social media at Stitches Pod. It's at Stitches Pod. Until next week, 